0: Morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church podcast. Well, Sister Brenda, for you, uh, for the spiritual mother that you are to Life Church and all that you bring, and your just wonderful person, wonderful personality. Um, we are grateful to have you as part of Life Church and minister to us. Tell us some stories. Um, You know what, when you raise kids that serve God, there's some things that are done right along the way. Amen? Amen. We want to learn some great truths. Amen? God bless you, Brenda. We love you. Thank you so much. This is a day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I was thinking what this morning would actually look like. With just a handful of people. And you know what? I thought, well, maybe I wouldn't be so nervous. But then I thought, oh, uh, the gnat. <laughs> yeah, great. Right. Um, so, anyhow, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord. I'm sorry I can't see you all sitting here, but it feels good. The presence of the God, if God is here this morning. Um, I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to my own mom. I know she's listening. She was in on this, Pastor. I did give her the heads up that I would be speaking. Um, And I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day to her. She has been a huge influence in my life. And my mom loves to come to church. She's almost 90. She's hard of hearing, doesn't hear much at all. But, you know, she established a principle a long time ago about the house of God is important. And she still loves coming to the house of the Lord. I think she is having one of the hardest times with this lockdown because she loves being here. I'd like to thank Pastor and Sister Sherry for trusting me to speak. And what I have to say today is for everybody. It's for the mamas. It's for the dads. It's for the kids. And it's for the teenagers. It's for the the older people. If you're a grandma, grandpa, an older person, your job's not finished yet, let me tell you. If all you can do is show faithfulness, you show faithfulness. Your job's not done yet. Before I speak, I'm going to share with you a little bit about my family and what it was like to grow up in my home. I am the mother of three, there they are, First, God gave us a precious, bouncing baby boy. His name was Brendan. Eighteen months later, we added Caitlin, a beautiful little girl. Two years later, there was Kyla. And that's the picture of them. Now, as a new mom, I knew that there was going to be sleepless nights. I knew that. I heard it. I read it. I knew there could be a possibility of colic. I knew my child was gonna fall down, and you know the mama's kiss, it heals everything. Yes. I knew all about that, but they never told me what to do when my five-year-old son takes a pocket knife and slices the seats of the new-to-us van. No one told me what to do. No one, no one told me how to react. Do you know what? That that tool of destruction is still in debate. My son says it was a pocket knife. I couldn't imagine giving a pocket knife to a five-year-old, but yeah, it was Mark, exactly. (laughs) No one told me what it was going to feel like to take my two-year-old daughter to the mall with her little cousin. Actually, he was four years old. And turned my back for a second, and they were gone. Mothers, you've been there. You've all had those moments, right? And wow, no one told us about those feelings. But it didn't stop there. When my kids grew, they kept Mark and I on our toes. But you know what? They had a heart for the kingdom. Our son and his lovely wife, Elizabeth, there they are, they passed her in Zachary, Louisiana. They have two precious kids, another one on the way, and I thank God for the work they're doing there. And there, and our daughter, Caitlin, married a handsome man. Raymond is a minister licensed, and there are youth pastors in this church. And they have two beautiful boys and one beautiful girl who they are actively involved here. And our youngest daughter, Kyla, is engaged to a handsome man by the name of Jesse. There they are. She's shown a ring. And as soon as the borders open, they want to travel to Greece and help the missionaries of that country. Our goal as parents was to raise successful adults who had a desire to work for God. I wanted to raise kids... In this world, but not of this world. So how did that happen? It started in the home. I can't emphasize to you enough the importance of coming to church on Sundays and midweek. But you know, mamas, if you want godly kids, it's not just going to be the church. It has to happen in the home. Sundays are not just enough. Prayer happened in our home every day and often. And my kids heard that. My home has seen me dance before God. It has seen me travail, it seen, has seen me intercede, and of course it has seen those daily ch- chats with God. All this happened in my home. One of my daily prayers was, "'Lord, use my kids in the ministry "'from the time they were yay big. I was praying that prayer, God, use my kids in the ministry, even when they were small. And another thing I prayed for for them when they were young is, Lord, whoever they're going to marry, be with that person, be with that child, guide them, keep them from evil, Lord. Even when my kids were young, it's not too young to start praying bold prayers. Another thing we did is we poured scriptures into our kids. If you came to our home while the kids were young, you would have seen papers all above our di- our kitchen table. And on it was the letter and a corresponding Bible verse. And at dinner, we would quote those scriptures. And to this day, I believe all three kids, if we start to say the alphabet, A, the angel of the Lord guards and rescues all who fear him. But B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall receive saved be yeah. saved. Yeah. I believe all three kids could come along and quote with me because you know what? What they thought we were having fun. See, we made games out of it. Absolutely. What they thought was having fun, we were pouring scriptures yeah. into them. Yeah. 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 We made time for family. So important. Every Friday night was our date date night for the whole family. We went to a Mexican restaurant and then... We were intentional about having fun. Often in the same plaza there was a Toys R Us and often we would walk through the aisles just see the new gadgets. We didn't buy anything most of the time, but it was just a fun night for the kids. Our home was a safe place and that the kids knew that this was their haven. They knew our place our place was safe. They knew there was discipline but they also knew there was grace mercy, and love. Now, I told you I was going to get back to the importance of going to church. Well, here I am. We emphasize the importance of church. Every time those doors were open, we were here. Clean up days, we cleaned up as a family. Serving God was not a chore. Uh Uh-uh. We got to do it. Even though we had those godly principles in our home, dark times did come. I wish I could stand right here and tell you everything was rosy. Everything was butterflies and rainbows, as my son usually says. But it wouldn't be true. Our children were now young adults, and we were in for the storm of our lives. If there is flesh on your bones... And if there is breath in your lungs and you are trying to walk for God, don't be surprised when a storm comes because the enemy of your soul does not want you, does not want your children, does not want your loved ones serving him. And I want to emphasize the importance of holding on through tough times. Parents, moms, I can't say this enough. When you walk through the dark times, you will hang on. Nothing, nothing, and I repeat, nothing is worth your kids walking away from God. We walk through a dark time in our lives. Believe me, I wanted to give up. I was having panic attacks. I was having anxiety attacks on a regular basis. I loved God. That never changed. It wasn't like I wanted to walk away from God, but I was overcome with all this panic and anxiety. But you know what? I hardly had the strength to stand. You know what I did? I turned around. And what I saw, and what I saw was, I saw Brendan, I saw Caitlin, and I saw Kyla. Watching me, how I was going to react. Was I going to throw up my hands and say, That's it, I'm out of here? No, 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 no. What did I do? You know what I came to, I did? I came to the church and I worshiped God and I didn't give up. Whatever you are walking through right now, I don't care if your child's three, if your child's seven. 10, 15, or 20, you are still mom. You're still the parent and still in them the importance of faithfulness and worshiping him. We actually had people come to us and say, how can you stand after all you've been through? You know why? I turned around and I saw who was watching me and there was no way, no way, I was going to mess that up. I would talk to my young, This is they were young adults, and I would warn them against bitterness. You know, if you walk through something and get bitter, whew, that's hard to get rid of. I talked to them about the roots of bitterness, they're like dandelions. I pulled one out with my grandson the other day, and the, the root was like this long, and once it gets down, it's hard to get it out, that's right. And you know what? I saw a friend of mine who who walked away from church. And I saw her kids walked away from God. And I said, "Uh uh-uh. That's not happening to my kids. So I grabbed on with all my strength. And I hung on. And Jesus eventually brought healing. He brought restoration. And it only happened because I stayed in the church. I wasn't walking away. Now, as a grandmother, I still pray for my kids. I pray for Brendan. I pray for Caitlin, Kyla, their spouses, Elizabeth and uh, Raymond and Jesse. I pray for them all. But I also pray for my babies and my grandbabies. And guess what? I pray for them. Those same prayers, I pray for my kids. I pray God use my grandbabies in the ministry and I pray God whoever they marry let them be love you and let them love this truth. And I pray that God when their parents hand the baton of truth over to them, God I pray that those those grandbabies will grab onto this baton of truth and they will love it like I loved it. Parents don't be afraid to pray bold prayers. Now I do have a little, this is where I'm getting to my message. That all was for free. Now I have a little thought I'd like to share with you from the Word of God. When first, Pastor first asked me to speak, I thought about the attributes of mothers. And I thought, hmm, what's the first one that comes to your mind? Well, it's love. Moms know how to love Huge. But my mind didn't stay there. It it continued to wander over to Hannah. And I thought, I could talk about the characteristics of moms. Like Hannah was a praying mama. I could go that way. But my mind continued to go. And I feel like um, what I'm going to speak today is God's going to use it to help someone. I do believe I have a word of God for someone. We're going to read in Genesis, not Genesis, in Exodus chapter 2. It says, now a man of the tribe of Levi married to a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds, along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood in a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and she sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw a baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrews' babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes. Go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him up out of the water. This passage of Scripture doesn't even tell us this mama's name. But a couple books later... In Numbers 26 and 59, we find out her name was Jochebed. So let me give you some background to this story. In Exodus chapter 1, we see the Israelites came down to, uh, to Egypt when there was a famine. And through Joseph, God saved his people from famine. But many years had passed. Many, many years had passed. And the reigning, the reigning king did not know who Joseph was. He just saw the Israelites and he saw that they were strong people. Yeah. I believe that means like who, not just numbers, but they were strong. They were big, big guys. But he also saw them multiplying quickly. And he started to think, what would happen if they joined forces with another country? Or what would happen if they tried to attack us? They might win. So Pharaoh came up to it with a plan. He called two midwives that attended to the birth of the Israelite woman to come before him. And when they were before him, he said, now here's the plan, ladies. When a girl is born, let her live. But when a boy is born, kill him. Well, these midwives loved God and feared God, and they would not do what they were told. And so the Pharaoh called them and said, Hey, what's going on? I've asked you to kill the boys, but yet they're living. What's going on? And they said, Pharaoh, you see that the Israelite women, they're strong. They give birth before we even get there. And so, hmm, Pharaoh came up with a new plan. Let's have all the baby boys be thrown into the Nile River. Well, during this time, in verse 2 of chapter 2, Jacob gave birth. And you know what the Bible says? She saw he was a fine child. It was more than seeing with her eyes. She could perceive that this child was special. She could see that this baby had the hand of God on his life. She didn't just see the eight-pound, six-ounce baby boy. She saw the goodness and the grace of God and the God that gave life. She looked at the baby through the eyes of God and beyond his physical beauty. She knew there was something special about him, so she hid him. She hid him. She hid Moses for three months of his life. And that must have been a lot of work. Mamas, whoever had a baby, oh my. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Every time he whimpered, you jump. You couldn't let this baby get into a full-blown crying. Sometimes you, as mothers, we say, let him cry him out. Or he'll cry himself to sleep. Not with Moses. They were on a 24-hour watch between the husband and the wife. They had to watch that baby. And the Bible says when he was about three months old, Jacobet built a basket. While other mothers were having their babies thrown into the Nile, Jacobet said no. She was already raising two other God-fearing children, but she was not willing to lose one child even though there was a decree that demanded all baby boys be thrown into the Nile she pushes back for the sake of her child while other babies were being thrown into the Nile without protection you know what she did? she gave her baby protection she built a raft and this is what I would like to title this message mamas build a raft I'm saying mamas but it can be dads, it can be it can be aunties. It can be anything. You can just fill that blanket, Build a raft. And then Jacobet places her baby. But two things go, could occur. Number one, she placed him where his sister could watch him. And number two, she placed him for, where Pharaoh's daughter bathed. God granted that baby favor with Pharaoh's daughter, and she decides to adopt him. She saw in him what his mama saw. She saw he was a fine child, and you know what, ladies of Life Church, fine people, fine mamas in this church that see in your kids what you see. People like Sister Sherry, Sister Ruth, Sister Sharon Barrett, and I'll stop there because there are so many people in Life Church that would like to come alongside of you and help you raise godly kids. <laughs> When Pharaoh's daughter lifts him out of the water, Miriam, the baby's sister, runs to Pharaoh's daughter and says, I know someone who can raise him until he's green. So Jacobed is summoned and gets to look after her own son, and here's the clincher. She got paid for it. <laughs> she got paid to look after her own son. Now it said to his wean. Some people say three, some people say four. But she had a huge job. So first of all, she protected her son in the Nile. And now she was about to protect him by building a, a godly lifestyle in the midst of Egypt. When Jacobed was raising him, I can just her, imagine her combing his hair and said, Do you know? I'm going to tell you a story about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Joseph. Do you know who made the heavens and the earth? And she would she would instill in that child. Remember, she only had three or four years, but she instilled in that child. And she would say, do not compromise the truth. When you get to that big university, that big palace, Don't you forget where you came from. You are first a Hebrew, and then you can be a big shot. But first of all, you're a Hebrew. And Jacob loved her son enough to let him go. Even when it felt like it was too soon. And there's such a strong bond we, we moms have to hold on to our kids. Especially if you have a loving relationship. Now, there might be some moms who say, are they 16 yet? Can we get them out the door? But usually, we have such a strong instinct to hold on to our kids. But Jacobet was able to do this because she had faith in God. So what do we do with this? Moms and dads, you have ability to build a raft for your babies. The world is demanding parents to throw their kids into Nile or their system that say your kids have to play with the rules of this world. Well, there are no absolutes, but you can build a raft of godly principles that the kids are actually in the world, but not of the world. And how do you build that raft? I'm going to tell you. Number one, prayer. It's so important. I often went into my children's room while they were at school, and I pleaded the blood of Jesus over them, over their, anything that was coming against them. Prayer is so important. Number two, instill in them a love for God. You might ask me, how do I do that? Oh, that's easy. You love them. If you want your kids to love them, love something, you love them. Don't talk negative about the church in front of your children. If you want your kids to love hockey, love ballet, love entertainment, what do you do? You get them around it. You take, get them tickets to, the, to go watch hockey games. You go take them to re- ballet recitals. And you sign them up for classes. You get them involved. So if you want your kids to love the things of God, Get them around it. Brian, Brian, Brian. Teach your kids at a young age to serve and to love others. From a young age, Mark and I had the kids with us while we were cleaning the church. And actually, when we were building this church here, it was a lot of our church men that were building it. And my husband took our boy here. Jonathan, I'm sure you were here a lot, too. Um, we brought our kids here. You know why? Why? Because we were building a raft. We wanted them to love this place. We wanted to instill in them a love for the house of God. They can still have great jobs and good careers, but never, never, never compromise their beliefs. And number three, don't let it sink. might sound easier than it is, Not only did Jacobet build a solid raft, she kept her eyes on it. Don't let your... uh, I'm sorry. Know what your kids are doing. Know where they're going, not only physically, but on the internet. Who do your kids spend time with? Your kids will become like those that they spend time with. When your kids, teens, young adults, face tough times, and I'm telling you, they will. Remember at the beginning of the message? If they have flesh on their bones, breath in their lungs, they're gonna face hard times. When our son was in his twins, he came to me one night, he said, Mom, I can't go on, I'm too tired. You know what I did? I grabbed that precious boy, who was a young man, by the shirt collar. I looked him in the eye, and I said, Brendan, you are not giving up. No matter what situation you are walking through, make sure you stay on the raft. There are crocodiles in the Nile. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be, be alert. My, my, uh, my did autocorrect correct here. Be alert and have sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion for someone to devour. I'm telling you, whoever you are, you are not, you're not free from the devil's attacks. And you might be 15, 22, 35. If you don't have a mama to grab you by the shirt collar, you go get one. You come to Sister Sherry. You come to Pastor. You get someone to grab a hold of you and say, you can do this. I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> Whatever you need to do, you do it, but you stay on the raft. There is a scripture in Genesis 50, 50 and verse 20. It says, you meant evil against me, but God used it for good. You might be facing things right now that you have no clue how you're going to overcome. I'm telling you, God will turn it around. Your tests, will be your testimony. You know why I'm standing here? It's because I didn't give up a few years ago. It's because I hung on. Now I have a testimony and I can share it with you. My story could have ended differently. But you know what? I hung on to the promises of God. That young man that looked at me in the eye and said, Mama, I can't do anymore. He's now a pastor in Zachary, Louisiana. What God meant what God, what evil, what the devil meant for evil, God would turn around and use for good. The best place to be is on the raft. So when you're on the raft, God can bring healing. He can bring answers to your questions. There is safety on the raft. And then Jacobed put the raft in the water. She had Miriam watch it, keep an eye on your kids, keep them you know the world wants to fill them with so much of Egypt that they have no appetite for the things of God don't let that happen to your kids now what happens if we do all this what happens as parents and individuals if we take a stand for stand against Egypt if we build a raft instead of throwing our kids into the Nile I'll tell you what will happen Let's read Hebrews 11, 24, and 26. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Whew. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. If we do all this, mamas, dads, grandparents, aunties, you know what we're going to do? We're going to raise up Moseses. We would rather suffer for Christ than enjoy pleasures of sin for a season. We will have children that grow up into world changers. We will have children that will want to serve God and please him and all three of her kids grew into amazing leaders. The Bible tells us that Miriam was the very first prophetess. And, in, and when they crossed over the, um, the Red Sea, Exodus 15 is all about her prophesying and dancing before God. She was a powerful, anointed woman of God by Moses' side. And when Moses cried out to the Lord, how can I do this? You know what the Lord said? I'm going to send your brother. He's going to be your spokesperson. God used all three of them, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, to lead a nation. Your kids can be world changers. You never know what God's going to do with your kids. So mamas, build a raft. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.